Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Love is fundamental to the Christian faith. You do not have to be Christian to love, but you surely can't be a Christian without love. When Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is justifiably popular in marriage ceremonies because it's like a brief instruction manual on what love is and what it is not. And one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3.16 begins, for God so loved the world. The world, though, has a lot of trouble loving in return. In the play Les Miserables, Jean Valjean sings, for I had come to hate the world, this world that always hated me. That's sometimes a natural emotional response to the circumstances of our lives. When we're surrounded by hatred, it's normal to feel angry about it. I am convinced, however, that love is more than just an emotion. If love were only a feeling, then the commandment, love your enemies, would be analogous to feel warm next to this enormous block of ice. Our feelings are not necessarily under our conscious control. We can take conscious action, though, to generate warmth. And when we decide to act with love, that is love. Let me reiterate, to love is to demonstrate love. Trying to have love in one's heart without showing it in one's actions would be like hiding a light under a bushel basket. Useless. So how do we demonstrate love? In his book, The Five Love Languages, Dr. Gary Chapman tries to organize love into these categories. Quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, and acts of service. I don't know whether that list covers everything exactly, but it seems to me like a good start. I'd like to explore these aspects of how we can demonstrate our love of God, our love of God's church, and our love of God's people. By this I mean all people, regardless of their backgrounds or beliefs. Some of our most important quality time happens right here in this place. The Lord's Day is our Sabbath, a special day set aside for the express purpose of spending quality time with God. This worship service should be the highlight of that day. We come together in worship to experience the love of God and to share our love of God with all our brothers and sisters here. Prayer is our means of spending quality time with God no matter where we are. We can also experience love in social gatherings. At games or sporting events, remember that spending quality time together 
is a demonstration of love even for those who happen to be playing on different teams. Whenever people gather together in peace, there is love unspoken. The phrase words of affirmation in this context brings to mind our confessions of faith. We affirm our faith to demonstrate that we love God and that we trust in his promises. When we do this together in unison, it promotes our fellowship with one another by recognizing this shared love of God. We sing hymns together too, and words of affirmation can be sung as well as spoken. It can be difficult to share these Christian words with others outside of the church. We're exhorted to do so, however, by Jesus' great commission. We ought also to remember that all of our words are affirmations of one kind or another. Whenever you speak to someone, try to ask yourself whether your words are spoken in the spirit of love. I am not very proficient in the language of gifts. This may be because I take no pleasure in shopping for gifts. I don't see why I should shop for something that you might want when it's more likely to meet your needs if you select it yourself. I have no such excuse, however, not to give to God's church. Any form of currency is accepted, no shopping required. The church as an institution is completely dependent upon such gifts for its existence, and it always has been. We know from the lesson of the widow's might that the merit of a gift is not in its absolute magnitude, but in the sacrificial nature of the gift. It is in the donation of something meaningful that we express our love. Obviously, one must be careful with some of these languages. Not every expression of love through physical touch will be appropriate or welcomed. Even something as simple as a handshake, though, can be a way to demonstrate our love for our neighbor. I'm reminded of Louis Armstrong's famous song, What a Wonderful World. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. Recall that the laying on of hands is our ceremony for sharing the blessings of the Holy Spirit. When you greet one another in Christ's peace, remember that your handshake is a means of sharing God's love. Finally, we come to acts of service, which I would like to emphasize because to me, it encompasses some of the central teachings of the Bible. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. He repeatedly asks his disciples not to serve him, but to serve one another, and particularly those who are most vulnerable and in need. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus answers the question, who is my neighbor? It's important to know that the Jews and Samaritans were neighbors, but they weren't exactly loving neighbors. In general, they despised each other due to their different religious beliefs. They weren't even supposed to speak to one another. 
In this story, though, the Samaritan represents loving your neighbor. Why? It is because the Samaritan acts with love and compassion for the injured man. He treats his wounds, he carries him to safety, and he pays for his subsequent care. Nothing about our neighbor's heritage or opinions is relevant to the commandment to love them. Jesus also emphasizes the link between love and service in his instructions to Simon Peter. Do you love me, he asks. Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus then says to him, tend my sheep. This exchange is repeated three times to really get it into Peter's head. To love is to serve. In my sermon on favorites, I chose The Princess Bride as possibly my favorite movie. In the beginning of the story, we're told that nothing gave Buttercup as much pleasure as ordering Wesley around, and that as you wish was all he ever said to her. One day, he was amazed, she was amazed, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. Again, an act of service can become an act of love. By prioritizing another person's needs, we demonstrate that we love that person as ourselves. Of course, if two people who love each other try to say, as you wish, simultaneously, they can become what my wife and I call the indecision twins. <laughs> what would you like to choose? Whatever you'd like to choose. Indecision twin powers, activate! Form of... <laughs> we usually figure it out. I am a very lucky man to be married for 21 years to a wonderful woman. I should emphasize, though, that I am not a very good role model for demonstrating love. Quite to the contrary, I am notably taciturn and introverted, reluctant to share my love openly. We do, however, have a model for love with us here today. He has told us, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. He also said, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. In the garden of Gethsemane, he said, as you wish to his father, the father of us all. And at a place called Golgotha, he showed us exactly how much he loves us. Let us pray. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Help us to demonstrate our love for you, for your church, and for your people everywhere. Amen.